Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Happy Saturday. Great to be with you. We've got a good one. As you know, James Comer had some blockbuster revelations this week, including the revelation that bank examiners had flagged a $5 million interest-free forgivable loan that China gave Hunter Biden and his family back in 2017. It got flagged in 2018. Concerns about money laundering, concerns about whether China was trying to buy influence through the son of a major political figure in Washington. Did not look like a loan. There wasn't loan documents. The proceeds didn't look like they were going to investment opportunities in firms that said their business was investment. James Comer is going to explain why all that is significant and also why he's refusing to accept Hunter Biden's demands that he skip a deposition and just go and testify in public. He'll explain why that doesn't work for him. He's not going to get the treatment of an entitled American. I think that's going to probably be the answer James Comer tells us, but let's wait and see. In the second half of the show, Mike Benz, the executive director of the Foundation for Freedom Online, one of the men who have exposed some of the most extensive censorship efforts in the United States government's history, in America's history, one of the greatest threats to the First Amendment of all time. Mike Benz is going to bring us up to speed because there were some major developments with Jim Jordan and whistleblowers and other things this week. The censorship machine goes back before the pandemic, before the 2020 election, 2018 in the military, 2014 on some other fronts. Mike Benz is going to bring you up to speed so you can get the origins and the growth of the greatest censorship machine ever constructed in American history. He'll be here in the second block. And then Waleed Ferris will talk to us about Iran, Iraq, Ukraine, Russia, the Israel-Hamas war. One of the greatest national security thinkers of our generation joining us in the third block, Waleed Ferris. And of course, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and get started with James Comer. That's a great way to kick off things. But before we do that, a quick plug for something we've started at Just the News. We've done it the last few years. You love it. We take all of our great sponsors, all of our great advertisers, all of our great partners, and we put them into a holiday shopping guide so that you can get the best offers in one quick, easy access place. And it's time to do it once again. So to all our great sponsors, go to justthenews.com and click on our holiday page where you'll find gifts for everyone on your list or maybe something for yourself. Why not buy yourself a gift this holiday season? Thanks to our co-sponsors from EnviroCleanse, Muzzle Stick, Heat Holders, and so many more. You'll get amazing deals that are for our listeners only. They're unique to the Justin News, John Solomon Reports family. Don't stress out. Beat the lines this holiday season. Go to justthenews.com and click on our holiday page to get your shopping done today and save 
a bundle of money. All right, folks, we'll be back with James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, the head of the impeachment inquiry, right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Welcome back, America. John and his team over at Just the News continue to uncover so many unbelievable revelations related to the alleged money laundering schemes between the Biden family members and foreign businesses. And I think John would agree with me when I say that a lot of this great reporting stems directly from the amazing investigative work that the House Oversight Committee continues to conduct day in and day out. And I think after the latest revelation of a bank's money laundering investigator flagging serious concerns over money that the first son received, I think it's time to get an update from the source directly. So joining us now is Kentucky Congressman and House Oversight Chairman James Comer. Congressman, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Sir, you have subpoenaed a number of individuals who are scheduled to come up and have a meeting with you up on Capitol Hill in front of House Oversight, one of which, of course, is Hunter Biden. He wanted it to be public. Uh, and Democrats are accusing Republicans of being on the losing end of a political game of chicken, insisting that it be private for the first time around. But I know there's been a set of rules for each of these witnesses who have come forward mm -hmm. to testify. Why does Hunter Biden think that he's the exception? Well, look. Hunter Biden's received special treatment his entire life. Uh, every government agency that should have caught the crimes the Bidens have been committing for years were told to stand down. And they think they can bully the Oversight Committee and, and reset the rules. And that's not going to happen. We're going to treat this investigation like every congressional investigation 
uh, in recent memory has been treated. You come in for a deposition, then you do the public hearing. All of our depositions are transparent. We release the transcripts. The only time we haven't released anything in a transcript since I've been chairman is when it pertained to classified information. So every American will know exactly what Hunter Biden says in this deposition. And the reason we have to do a deposition is simple. If you have a committee hearing and that's all you agree to do, and we have 25 committee members, we might get 35, maybe 40 questions in going five minutes for the Republicans, five minutes for the Democrats. We've got 25 opportunities with five minutes. But if you do a deposition where the Republicans get an hour and then the Democrats get an hour, then the Republicans get another, we can ask between five and 600 questions to Hunter Biden. We have tens of thousands of pages of bank statements. We have thousands of pages of emails. We have hundreds of specific questions about specific transactions and specific meetings that the Bidens had with our enemies around the world where they received millions of dollars. You can't get all of that in in a committee hearing. We will have the committee hearing, but we've got to have the deposition. He is the key witness to all of the Biden crimes. So the subpoena called for him to show up in this office on December 13th for a deposition. I expect to see Hunter Biden in this office for a deposition, which we will release the transcripts in a 100% transparent manner, just like everything we've released thus far in the nine-month investigation. Yeah. Sir, in the case that he doesn't, I know you're very serious about this. Uh, you're prepared to go all the way to court to enforce this subpoena, correct? Absolutely. We just had a meeting today. I suspect that uh, the House of Representatives will formally vote to uh, formalize the impeachment inquiry. Uh, this is the exact same process that Pelosi took during her impeachment. And, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to have a leg to stand on in court if they try to defy our subpoenas. Uh, we have conducted this investigation the right way. We've done it by the book, John. We've made sure every I's dotted and every T's crossed. We've accumulated a mountain of evidence of criminal wrongdoing by the Biden family. Now it's in the final stages. And the final stages, like any major investigation, involve depositions. Yeah, Incredible. Right I wanted to ask you a little bit more about this money laundering investigators report, because there was something in there that was talking about children of political figures and the propensity on the part of Chinese entities to target those. And Hunter Biden obviously was targeted as what they call a PEP, a politically exposed person. But in this context, with everything that you and John have revealed about the Biden family and their maneuverings with China, it kind of seems like PEP is just a fancy acronym for blackmailable. Yeah, well, look. Anyone that, that watches the news, anyone that has any level of intelligence knows that the way China has been getting the foot in the door is that they've been buying off politicians. They've been uh, buying access. And one way they do that is through family members. And then that way, the, the politician can claim the plausible deniability. They look for vulnerable family members. There's no one more vulnerable than, than Hunter Biden in 2018. He's on drugs. He's spending money on prostitutes left and right. He, he's going on, uh, you know, $100,000 spending sprees. He's got horses. He's got everything in the world, diamond. I mean, he, he's living a high lifestyle. And they know that he's, like, selling access to his father. He did it in, in Ukraine uh, when he got the the prosecutor fired at Brisma. So China's like, hey, this is the perfect guy. We're going we're gonna to load him up. And the bank examiner realized this. He's like, okay. 
the vice president's son just got a five million dollar wire into a dormant account from a from a uh, shell company. Uh, we we this stands out like a sore thumb. We want to contact him and see what did what did you do? What is this five million dollars? And he apparently tells them it's a loan. And they're like, they did the same thing I did. This is what bankers do. Oh, oh, it's a loan. Okay, we'll provide the loan documents. They couldn't do that because it wasn't a loan. Okay, it was it was a wire from China. And then they noticed he said he was uh, an investment, running an investment company. Well, it didn't have any investments. The Hunter Biden was running an investment company with no investments. He had a shell company with no asset or no defined purpose. And they're like, this is not good. He's taking 58% of this loan or investment, whatever it is, and and taking it out in the form of fees that he and other Biden family members receive. Everything in that one paragraph is what we've been saying for the last eight months. The Bidens had shell companies. They were taking money from our enemies around the world for no purpose. And we, we are concerned that this is a national security risk because Joe Biden could be compromised to China because of all the money they paid the family that 40,000 of which went into Joe Biden's back pocket. Yeah, no, it's really remarkable. Sir, uh, there is now a long body of records that your uh, team has come up with uh, showing that bankers were concerned. First in 2015 at Morgan Stanley. By the time 2016 rolls around, they're sending things to the SEC. Whistleblower complaint. There's another whistleblower complaint in 18. There's these documents. The banking system did its job. It kept flagging Hunter and Joe and James Biden's transactions. What does it say about the Treasury Department and the federal bureaucracy that they didn't react to these reports that there was no uh, inquiries and investigations that we can find at least until 2019. It shows there was a cover up, John, and I understand banking. And w- when I first learned that there were over 150 suspicious activity reports, and that was uh, first discovered in the Grassley and Johnson report, uh, as someone in, with a banking background, I'm like, my God, guys, when I was talking to the oversight staff, this is a big deal. No one. No one has more than one or two suspicious activity reports. And these are criminals that get them. Uh, when you're talking about 150 and then we go to Treasury, John, and we find there are actually 170 and then that they are subjects of another 50. So there's 220 suspicious activity reports in Treasury flagging potential criminal behavior by one family. If that family is any family in America whose last name is not Joe, not Biden. They would already be in prison. They would have at least had their day in court. Every instance, the banks did what they were supposed to do. We have the bank records. Anytime we see something that stands out, you can bet your whatever that the (laughs) bank did what it was supposed to do. And they contacted the Treasury cabinet saying, look, our client has potentially committed a crime. That's why they got 170 suspicious activity reports. We have the bank records. The banks did what they wanted. They were supposed to do. And that's why, John, the banks have cooperated with us. Yeah, we've had we've been obstructed at every turn. We've been obstructed by the government agencies. We've been obstructed by the the Biden legal team. One group that hasn't obstructed us are the banks because the banks want us to have it. The banks are frustrated that this family's been treated differently. The banks know that uh, this is no good. This is criminal activity. They weren't paying taxes. They were laundering money. They were taking money from our enemies around the world for all practical purposes. The Bidens were taking bribes. 
and they wanted us to have the information. So I think the banks did exactly what they were supposed to do. It's another example of a government cover-up to protect the Biden family. Yeah. No yes, sir. Uh, sir, just very quickly before we go, I know that you are treating this with the seriousness of a court case, but it's not. Therefore, there's no obligation for a discovery phase wherein you have to reveal all the materials you have. Is it a political plan going forward or an investigative plan going forward to ask some of these questions pertaining to the documents you have of these witnesses, wait until they answer and then say, oh, actually, I have the receipt. Uh, that's a pretty good guess, Amanda. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what we want. Uh, th- we, we have the evidence. And look, you know, you got all these millions of dollars coming in from these shady people in adversarial countries around the world. We have simple questions. What did you do to receive this $350,000 wire? You know, what did what was Joe Biden's involvement in this particular transaction? I noticed he, he said he never met with him, but here's a picture. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, the First Amendment. Well, it feels like some days it's on life support with all of the censorship activities between government agencies and private actors, the social media companies and universities and others who want to muzzle your opinions. Mike Benz is going to get us up to speed on the latest and most dramatic developments. There are a whole bunch of them this week. And also what we can do to preserve the First Amendment for generations to come and to beat back this censorship regime that seems to be creeping up everywhere in America. We'll have that next right after these messages. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? 
It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money-back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order, plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick house nutrition and of course field of greens all you got to do to take advantage of this offer visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code just news that's promo code just news at fieldofgreens.com don't wait go to fieldofgreens.com today use the promo code just news for 15 percent off Welcome back, America. This has been a momentous week in news. We've lost some huge figures like Henry Kissinger, Sandra Day O'Connor, big developments in Congress, expulsion of a member of Congress for the first time in a quarter century. But there were also some incredible revelations about the state of censorship in America. More and more evidence that our government is stepping on the free speech rights of Americans from the military to the CDC uh, and hitting all the platforms, including YouTube. That was a big one that came out just this week. Some subpoenas by Jim Jordan, the House Judiciary. Committee going out to White House officials who also may have been in the game. There is no better expert on the issue of censorship in this great country than our next guest. Mike Benz is the executive director of the Foundation for Freedom Online, and I believe the driving force behind so many of the extraordinary, almost uh, saw-whipping revelations that have come out about free speech uh, infringements in America. And he joins us right now. Mike, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, Amanda. There were some big ones this week. Uh, we go back now. It wasn't just the COVID uh, 2020 election censorship. It starts in 2018 at the military. YouTube got in the game. Uh, everywhere we look, uh, the apparatus and size of a large censorship machine, private, public, government uh, 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 driven, uh, is really sitting before us. Bring us up to speed on what do you think the most important developments have been over the last few days. Sure. So, you know, we've had three things happen in quick succession where um, Michael Schellenberger, Matt and Matt Taibbi published these uh, cyber threat intelligence league files around a network of U.S. and U.K. military contractors who began forming um, misinfosec communities, essentially little censorship uh, whole of society cells within the U.S. uh, in 2018 to have a sort of Pentagon-driven domestic censorship coordination effort. Uh, then you had uh, Jim Jordan with the the Google files, the, the YouTube files, uh, akin to the Facebook files uh, that came out several months ago, uh, which were subpoenaed. And then you had these public hearings just yesterday. So that's three pretty major things in a week, each of which creates its own little cleavages and pressure on censorship industry apparatchiks who scatter from the sun uh, as, as a vampire does from, from sunlight. But I should say that um, perhaps one of the most interesting developments of this has been the popularity of the Schellenberger and Taibbi yeah. thesis around the, the military involvement in the censorship industry. And, and I'd like to add to that that it, it goes significantly before 2018. Much of this grew out of the 2014 um, Maidan uh, effort uh, from the State Department and the military response to the Crimea annexation and the and the breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine, where NATO declared this doctrine of from tanks to tweets and had developed this whole hybrid warfare doctrine that really gave rise to the, this 2018 uh, Pentagon censorship uh, network that T- Shelburne and Taibbi talk about, which is to say that 
this didn't just come out of nowhere. It wasn't like the Pentagon just suddenly had an epiphany in 2018 and started setting down censorship cells. This came out of a military perception that civilian-run media would lead to the overturning of the rules-based international order, and the EU would come apart and NATO would come up, uh, apart if the military did not move into the media. Yeah. Like so many things in the Biden administration, it started with Obama, right? Yes. Uh, surprise, surprise, right on brand. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, because there's something that's so starkly concerning about this, which is that this Cyber tre uh, Threat Intelligence League, which sounds like an amalgamation between Ayn Rand and, and Marvel Universe, it's highly dystopic, but it's housed under DHS, Department of Homeland Security. So, so the nature of this program itself and the fact that it's housed under Homeland Security tells me that they consider those of us who were using the naughty words and the naughty ideas and the naughty hashtags that we are actually threats to national security. Yeah, this is a common trick that they use. They merge defense, which is supposed to be foreign facing and is empowered to do all sorts of Department of Dirty Trick stuff not allowed on U.S. citizens. They merge defense with, with Homeland Security. And you see this time and time again. For example, uh, the National Science Foundation works very, very, very closely with DARPA. In fact, many times when the military wants to do a project but has to sort of scale it uh, for civilian sort of commercial grade uh, efforts, they, they basically funnel a pipeline from uh, from DARPA to the National Science Foundation to give it a sort of nice civilian uh, facing front. There's a very similar thing with how the Pentagon interacts with the Department of Homeland Security to do very similar things. Now, of course, DHS would be the exact place that grew CISA and would say that cognitive infrastructure is critical infrastructure. Uh, but it, this is essentially the laundering mechanism to bring our foreign-facing Department of Dirty Tricks home. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I think a lot of people think, well, hey, the military can't be deployed against Americans. There's a posse comitatus act, all these different laws that say, hey, military, State Department, you don't touch um, uh, individual citizens. I experienced the State Department go after my social media after the 2019 things. But are some of these lines, these legal protections we all thought we had perhaps blurred in this era of censorship? Yes, they've done the same trick that the CIA used to do in the 1950s and 60s, still does today, but with a lot less oversight, is, is essentially a money laundering type operation. They conceal things through essentially little cutout shells and, and pass-throughs, and it, it, you, can, you can launder from the Pentagon into uh, NGOs and into uh, for-profit companies that have ex-Pentagon officials, so to speak, and into other government agencies that, that have a domestic predicate to operate. And this is exactly what you see here. Now, from the Pentagon's perspective, you know, there's sort of a, a doctrine with, with how our military sees, sees war, which is comprising four theaters. You have the strategic, the tactical, the logistical, and the political. And there are four different ways to win or lose a war. And starting with the U.S. left-wing domestic response to the Vietnam War, where you had student opposition, you had media opposition, you had university faculty opposition to the, the military-industrial complex, there became an increasing attention to the political aspects that drive war within our own defense sector. This is part of why wow. uh, George Bush I made sure to onboard uh, favorable media companies like the newly born CNN into the, into the Iraq war. 
um, and really made an effort to onboard and develop this really this kind of whole of society approach to ensure that the political dynamic to war is never the reason we lose. You know, this is uh, this is the famous line when we when we uh, did the first Gulf War that we finally kicked Vietnam syndrome. What you see this now on steroids uh, with the Ukraine-Russia conflict and really starting out of the original Maidan kerfuffle in 2014 was the military became obsessed with the fear of losing hearts and minds and that there would not be the political will to provide the funding, to provide boots on, uh, boots on the ground. And so the, the military capture of the political element is something that is now, I don't want to say all but complete, but it is now at such a threatening uh, degree that uh, we are at risk really having a civilian-run government, let alone a civilian-run media. It's frightening. It's unreal. And Mike, as I was reading through these documents, there seems to have emerged an ideology surrounding censorship. And I saw some phrases like, if we don't get caught, it's legal. And then there was another one that, I mean, this, this motley crew of big bros put this phrase out there, repetition is truth. And, you know, when I was growing up in school, um, dystopic tales like 1984 by George Orwell, they were they were cautionary tales. It almost seems like it's now become a playbook. Yeah. I mean, that sounds eerily close to a Goebbels quote. It's uh, mm. this is this is something that, frankly, they know because this is their job. These people's jobs, the people who are in charge of domestic censorship, their professional specialty, their special set of skills is overthrowing governments around the world using these kind of tactics, mobilizing social media revolutions by getting tens or hundreds of thousands of people in a foreign country on payroll uh, through the university system, mobilizing them on social media. This has been a playbook that our State Department developed in 2007 when the smartphone came out. And Jared Cohen, who went on to run Google Jigsaw, which became sort of the censorship arm of YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, rolled this out for the State Department. So they're professional government topplers, and now they're doing it here. Folks, one more good one to go. My great friend and one of the great national security thinkers of our time, Waleed Ferris, here to weigh in on the Israel-Hamas war on Ukraine and Russia. There seems to be some lost ground by the Ukrainians in the last week. He'll bring us up to speed on that and so much more, including national security threats at our own border. We'll have that in the final segment of today's John Solomon Reports podcast right after these messages. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Welcome back, America. We are certainly living in unprecedented times. Two significant global conflicts going on at the same time and one administration struggling to deal with both. That's right. The Biden administration has faced a lot of scrutiny, criticism, even declining poll numbers as it tries to prosecute the wars in Ukraine and Israel on behalf of our allies. Our next guest, well, it is, is certain to say that he is one of the nation's greatest security advisor. Dr. Waleed Ferris has advised presidential candidates, members of Congress, and of course, wrote one of the most important books of the last year, Iran, which actually lays out what's going on right now. Iran is carrying out a proxy war against the West through its allies in Hamas and Hezbollah. We're so lucky to be joined by Dr. Ferris right now. Sir, good to have you back on. Thank you so much to both of you for uh, having me tonight. Yeah, it's a great honor to have you on. And I want to get back to the Middle East in a second because you are such a subject mm -hmm. expert there. But over the last couple of days, three or four days, it looks like Russia has made some significant or some gains in, in its uh, uh, military movements. It seems like uh, President Zelensky, meanwhile, is having some problems both with the West. There was a leak about Germany and the U.S. telling him, hey, settle the war, get into negotiations, and maybe with his own military advisors, conflict there. Can you give us a, a quick update? update on what's going on in Ukraine and is the are the Ukrainians losing a little ground right now? Well, John and Amanda, basically, when we compare the current war of in Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia, we compare it to at this point in time into a static war, meaning like World War One, the last three years of World War One in France on the Western Front, British and French were basically in a situation of moving 20 kilometers, you know, uh, was drawing for 20 kilometers until the American forces came. And then that was but the push against uh, Germany. In Ukraine and Russia, uh, we have seen since the stabilization of the front, uh, the first year basically, not much uh, has happened in terms of gaining territory. The Russians actually withdrew, if you all remember, from the suburbs of Kiev all the way to Russia. They made the only progress they made, which was significant, was, uh, you know, the coast, uh, the Sea of uh, Azov. Now, since then, the Ukrainians were on the offensive. It was a slow, methodical uh, offensive. Then the Russians took advantage of the fact that world attention has turned to the Middle East, as you know. And when that happens, there is little incentive in the West, first in the United States Congress, but certainly now, as you just said in the introduction, in Europe, those forces who do not want to engage in a massive confrontation are, you know, whispering in the ears of Zelensky and others such as Germany and other countries, you know, Hungary all the way open, that it needs to stop. The Russians understand that message as if it needs to stop, we need to gain as much land before it stops. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of Russia, I wanted to ask you about this really strange uh, messaging coming out from the Biden administration, whether it, whether it's Joe Biden himself or John Kirby, there seems to be a really uh, auda audacious strand of messaging coming from them with respect to Israel and kind of, yes. you know, giving Israel advice on how to handle their own conflict uh, with Hamas. And I consider the Obama administrations and the accusations made against Obama that he meddled in elections in Russia, in Macedonia, in Libya, but also in Israel. Mm -hmm. And when I also consider the policies of the of the Obama administration and a thread from that to the Biden administration, and, and, and I guess you could even consider it the expansion of those policies within the Biden administration, maybe the Biden administration feels that they can lay claim on Israel. And maybe that's the source of this audacious attitude towards instruction to Israel. 
You know, Amanda, you're absolutely right. Very few are asking this question. The global question is, what is the position, the reposition of the Obama slash now Biden administration towards Israel and Middle East? Well, we remember, at least I remember, during the uh, Arab uh, Spring, as we call it, Arab Spring, which was an uprising of the Muslim Brotherhood in the region. What did the Biden administration do? They stood with Morsi against a majority of the Egyptian people in the Egyptian army. In Libya, the Obama administration stood with the Muslim Brotherhood against the Libyan army, the Libyan National Army. Across the board, in, you know, between 2009 and 2016, the Obama administration started this policy of partnering with either the Muslim Brotherhood or the Iran regime that produced the Iran deal. So the eight years of the Obama administration are the roots from which the Biden administration, as you said, uh, Amanda, uh, have been, you know, been inspired in their policy. So going now to now with the Biden administration, in the beginning, when it started, the raid, Hamas massacre against the Israelis, there were those statements coming from the administration that we will stand by Israel, whatever it needs. Even the president used those words, whatever it needs, and we're with you. Then gradually and slowly, as Israel moved inside Gaza, then Iranian money was very active, as we discussed it last time, uh, around the world media to influence and start calling for ceasefire. What is the call for ceasefire? Is that for Israel not to take over Hamas and dismantle it? And strangely, as you just mentioned, both of you, we saw voices coming from the White House or from the State Department or from the administration in general that Israel needs to be careful. We are with you, but slow down. How can you be with you and then you slow down? Either you defeat Hamas or you don't defeat Hamas. All of this I conclude here is inscribed in the overarching policy of the Biden administration to sign the Iran deal no matter what. So if the price is to slow down Israel, if the price is to somehow protect Hamas from a complete dismantling, be it. That would be the, the choice of this administration, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, so well put. Sir, uh, we've got two minutes left, or a little bit under two minutes. I want to ask about this. Uh, for most of my career, I've seen a, a common stance, which is we don't negotiate with terrorists and hostage takers, and we don't pay ransom. That clearly changed in 2014 with Bo, Berg, uh, Bo Bergdahl. Since that time, it seems like hostage taking has gone up, and the price of getting them back has gone up. Have we entered into a, a continuous cycle now where we've encouraged hostage takers and terrorists to take actions like what they did with Hamas this past uh, month? John, you said it very briefly. You actually summarized it. There was a change, a massive change in policy regarding uh, negotiating or dealing with the terrorists. It occurred since 2009 when the, Biden, when the president himself issued a letter to Grand Ayatollah Khamenei. Then the Iran regime said, oh, they need us. So they're not afraid. And therefore, they take and start negotiating to release our people. Same thing happened in, in Gaza. Our position, our official position is not to negotiate with the terrorists, but we put ourselves in a very weak position towards Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, that we find our allies in a need to, at the end of the day, and then we bombard them, of course, with New York Times, Washington Post, yeah, negotiate with them. Uh, we find ourselves actually overwhelmed in our own principles. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition, the Saturday edition, in fact, of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Hope you're getting your holiday shopping done, shoveling some snow in some places around the country. Yeah, that might be going on. But be warm, be merry, and enjoy those loved ones, your friends and family, particularly during this blessed holiday season. We'll be back tomorrow with the Sunday Brunch edition 
Ron Johnson's going to be in the house. He always lights things up. We'll have him and so many other great guests tomorrow. But until then, have a great night. God bless you. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports. And be sure to check out all the breaking news at justthenews.com. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.